Welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. It is Thursday, August 24th. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you can save. My name is Daniel Dobb. Joined by Stefania Bell and Field Yates. And I'm going to start here really quickly. Today. Take all the time you need. I watched. Well, I'm, maybe not quickly. I'm going to take my time to get into it. All right. Okay. There you Today, go. on the X, Field Yates, I watched you on my big screen Uh-oh. on Good Morning America, because yesterday you were not here. I had to do the show alone with Mike. Thanks for leaving me with that guy for an entire <laughs> show by myself. You survived somehow. I did somehow. I got yeah. through it. But I saw you on Good Morning America, man. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks to the fine folks of the family of GMA3. If you want to see the segment, you can check it out on my Twitter profile right now. I will not get into the entirety of the experience. Very grateful for everybody there, including Kevin Lowe, former ESPN producer, now working with the GMA family. I did want to share one story that I did think was pretty funny, though. Like, okay. they leave no stones unturned. I did see your dressing room with your name on it. Yeah. Like, Phil got a dressing room. You got a dressing room? I got a dressing room, room, right? So, but this is, this just, wow. this you actually. Can't call me big time. I've never like, had a dressing room in my life. <laughs> but this is, I think it actually gets a little bit better. Okay. And it okay. gets a little bit funnier. So, uh, I go to a hotel on Tuesday night. I get a ride from the hotel to the GMA studios. Anybody who's ever watched the, the show, it's kind of an unmistakable location, dead center in Times Square. Everybody knows where to find GMA. GMA stands for Good Morning America. Good morning, in case America. some people don't know that that's right. what GMA stands Everybody, for. Just, you know, we, we use some terms. <laughs> like Sometimes I'm like, do people actually know what PPR is? Or they know what streaming means? Everybody knows what GMA, know what GMA is. Right? is. I just want to make sure. Uh, but in any event, so uh, I get the ride from the hotel to the studio. And evidently, they have this entrance they use for the on-air people and the guests that they bring on the air. Um, and I, I, I realize that this is a special entrance, first of all, because there's like this four-person security detail at the door waiting, and they're all, like, on microphones. They're like, yeah, he's good, he's good. Come on in. So I get out of my car, and I, in a Volvo, by the way, like, not, like, some, like, Escalade or some, like, Stretch Hummer or something. And I get out of my car, me, like, looking like a big dork with, like, a backpack on. But I did have a suit on, and I'm coming to the guest entrance. All of a sudden, like, five paparazzi cameras just snap, start snapping shots left and right. Stop. I look at them. And I just said, you guys are going to be so disappointed when you find out who I am. <laughs> like, they probably get, like, you know, I'm sure, like, Selena Gomez was there yesterday. And, right? like, you know, they've got, like, you know, I don't know, whatever. they got Luke Combs coming tomorrow to perform live in studio. That's and then, like, so next week they've got, you know, probably Tom Brady to talk about the upcoming NFL season. Then they get stuck with me. Like, when I, I, I think that when they go through their camera roll at the end of it, they probably, like, upload all these photos no, no, no. to Getty or something. No, no. They're going to be like, the hell did I waste to <laughs> click on that guy for, right? I feel... I don't know if you're aware, but you are a star. Oh, well. I think they knew exactly you, you what they were doing. That means a lot. Oh. I, I, now I they're going to go see how much they can get for those photos. Hey, right? They might have to pay the people to, <laughs> to use them, the right? Photos. Like, all right, uh, so if there's like a fantasy football like ledger somewhere, right? That like is the, uh, the, you know, the tabloid paper of fantasy football that wants to buy those, uh, let uh, the various paparazzi cameras there I know. I think there's people who'd be interested. I think Daniel. so too. Well, I, I got on the, so I got too. on the camera. I, I got on the, I got on the elevator right, right after that with uh, Roxy Diaz, who is uh, now a correspondent at ABC news, who's like a legitimate big deal. Like used to have fame and BET amongst many other things. Model. She's very well respected host. And I'm like, ah, I get it, right? Like this is why the paparazzi like, has died. This typically happens at the GMA studios. <laughs> right. like, you do have people worth taking photos of, and then you have me. So that's so uh, if anybody finds those photos anywhere, though, please, my mother would love them. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. It's funny how that doesn't happen when we come to work here. No, oh, no, <laughs> this this was yeah. It's um, that's it, so funny. Not not common. Like I when I get wait. through the yeah, like when I get through it's, I, my like biggest challenge in the morning here at ESPN. Now that people are all back on campus, yep. is like. Three out of five times a week. I'm parking in like Rhode Island. It's so busy on this campus. It is. Yeah, that's true. All right, Field, I'm going to say this. Okay. Congratulations. We're going to move on now. Oh, thank you. (laughs) All right. We got a big update, though. Not that that wasn't the coolest thing that happened yesterday, Field, because it was really cool. It was cool. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. But we also had a big back and forth, you and me and our producer, David Presley. Another super cool thing happened. As we oh, were thanks. going through, well, I apologize, Stefania. <laughs> we were going through a lot of this the- This when you were in Monte Cristo, so you had better things going on. <laughs> okay. The veteran league submissions field. We got so 
many submissions for this. We sort of drew like an arbitrary deadline for these submissions, and we were north of 400 by the time that we had reached that deadline. So incredible amount of feedback and people who were not just interested in playing, uh, but supporters of the show. And what was incredibly awesome was that there were a ton of submissions. And I think at some point people realized that just because you emailed us, it was not a guarantee that you're going to be admitted into this league because there are a lot of people submitting applications. The number of people that said like, I totally get it if I'm not available, if I'm not in one of the leagues, but I just wanted to throw my name into the ring. I support you guys. I appreciate what you do. So here's what we decided to do was rather than having one league, we said, you know something, let's do four leagues. Daniel, Stefania, Mike Clay, and myself will each be a part of these leagues. 16 teams per league. So that means we're going to get 60 veterans, 15 uh, per league. They're going to be a part of these various leagues. If you were selected and it was a little bit uh, more of an art than a science, right? Like we had to at some point just start picking names, going through submissions and picking names. You are going to be receiving an email today. This is Thursday, August 24th. You're going to be receiving an email at some point today saying, welcome to the Veterans League, information surrounding the draft. We're really close to the season right now. We don't have a ton of flexibility on the draft. Yeah. We hope that you're able to make it. But more important than the draft is the full season ahead. We want these to be interactive, engaging leagues. And Stefania, you have talked about this many times, just how much the veterans mean to us on this podcast. You know, for all the years that we've been doing this podcast, they've always been a big part of our audience. And I've had the good fortune to talk to a number of folks out in the world, uh, Mm -hmm. veterans and active service members who say that fantasy football is one of the things that keeps them connected. You know, back when uh, one of my college classmates was the commander of the USS Truman, I was out on the ship and actually did a show in from the ship, ship to shore. Ridiculous. And I heard from all the, I mean, there are about 5,000 people who work on a, a ship like that. And they were telling me, and in fact, they showed me how they lobby for internet time while they're stationed abroad so that they can stay connected through fantasy football. And it, it's just always really impacted me how much uh, that is a tie to community, to family, to mm-hmm. things back home, and just makes them feel like they're connected even when they're very, very remote. Hey, so we're super I'll, stoked about it. I'll say this too, and I, like we already know this, you but like it's yeah. a, as a veteran, yeah. this is one of the things that fantasy football really has been for me when I was in the military, and I know for people now, it's like it's a huge reprieve from a lot of the things that you're dealing with on a daily basis. Uh, just to finish up the, semant- the, the logistics here is obviously there were a lot more people that so submitted many. than we were able to accept into these four leagues. We're going to set up a pick em as well, uh, a, a pickskin pick em, and we're going to figure out the exact number. But some of our top finishers, automatic entry into next year. Here's our pledge. This came together kind of last minute. I would say um, we are nothing if not at times a bit unorganized here on the show. <laughs> our goal for next year is we're going to find a way to do sort of like um, like a mini Scott Fishbowl. We're not going to take all of Scott's ideas with like, you know, quirky random scoring, but the idea being maybe we can carry over all these veteran league submissions into next year and find a way to do like a 400 person league that could include every single person that submitted oh, an gosh. application to be a part of That'd this year's league. That'd so again, uh, keep your eyes out on your email today. You will be receiving an invite. If you are one of the uh, 60 people that we chose at random to be a part of this year's veterans league, but uh, do not make any mistake about it. If you were not selected, we are still thankful, humbled, and grateful for your application and your support of this silly podcast that you listen to five days a week. And as a part of that, do us a favor before we start all of this, head on over. If you listen to the podcast, thank you for listening to the podcast, wherever you listen to them. If you watch us or if you want to watch us, head on over to the NFL on ESPN YouTube page and subscribe. That is where we are at this season. We're trying to get those subscribers up over 200,000. Whoa. That would be amazing if you could help us do that. All right. Do that. Yeah. Let's dive right into some of the news here before we get into our show. We haven't even said what the show's going to be. We're diving into diving into Fields favorites. We're going to talk about guys that we want to leave our fantasy draft with field that's going to focus around you stefania and i have a few guys we also want to throw out there but before we do that really quickly on the news you weren't here yesterday obviously doing gma sounds like field we got some updates on this jonathan taylor situation are there actually some teams interested in trading for jonathan taylor what's the latest that we have so i actually think there's something even more important than the interest so there were six teams that have registered interest two have made an offer that according to stephen holder who covers the colts for us here at espn but one more thing that was introduced, a deadline. deadline. 
The mm. deadline for this trade to be done is August 29th. That's five days from right now. Here's my advice to you if you have not yet drafted. Hold off until after August 29th. Because if a trade is done prior to that deadline, giddy up with Jonathan Taylor. Right back into that conversation for a first-round pick. If that trade is not done, all of a sudden the risk gets way more risky. As Stephen Holder himself tweeted this morning, Jonathan Taylor does not want to be a Colt, period, point blank. If he is a Colt past August 29th and he does not get a new contract, I'm worried about using anything in the first two and a half, three rounds on Jonathan Taylor because this could be a proposition that comes back to bite you in the butt as soon as week one if he is not available for this team. There is bad blood right now between the Colts and Jonathan Taylor, but do your best if you can. If you can, I know yep. logistics are hard. Draft after August 29th, which is a good practice anyways, but do it after August 29th if you want that Jonathan Taylor semi-clarity. Feels like every year we're always coming down to the wire with at least one person in our fantasy drafts that we just don't have enough information about. We need to think of that person. We, that They deserve a title. He's Le'Veon Belling right now. Right. Like whatever that person is, it's like, man, it could be great value if he played, but we don't know. And what are you supposed to do with that guy? Remember Austin Eckler two years ago tore, excuse me, he injured his hamstring like seven days before the season began. And we were like, what do you do with Austin Eckler? Is he going to play in week one? Is he going to miss a month? And then he went on to score 20 touchdowns. Yeah, he was pretty fantastic. Because he's football. Austin freaking Eckler. <laughs> yeah. That's why. So anyways, yeah. All right. There, all right. there is one curveball every season. A lot of news to to keep up on there with Jonathan Taylor. We'll obviously stay on top of that. We got one bit of mailbag here, Field. Yeah. This came from Brad at Field. Brad emailed <laughs> Field at FantasyFocus.org asking, what should I do with Trey Lance in Dynasty with all of the recent news that Sam Darnold is now the second quarterback in that 49ers offense? First of all, if Brad, if your email were Brad at Field at FantasyFocus.org, <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm not technologically move. smart enough to figure out how to do that, but shout out to you if you are. All right, so Trey Lance, the number three quarterback for the 49ers. He was a way from practice yesterday i think it was a probably a pretty emotional day for trey here's the deal trey lance is not for long in san francisco that much is pretty obvious at this point if he is he is nothing more than right now the third string quarterback if you have trey lance in dynasty and you play in a two quarterback league to me there is absolutely no reason to part way with a kid who's 23 years old and would be one of the i don't know five or eight most athletic quarterbacks in the league if he were starting If you play in a single quarterback league and you've already got your guy or you've got multiple guys that you can sort of piece together, because there are a lot of good young quarterbacks right now, Mm -hmm. right? If you're playing in a dynasty league with just one quarterback that you start, we can comfortably get through, I would say, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15 quarterbacks that are like 27 and younger that are already good now and should be good for at least another half decade. If you play in a one quarterback league and you have Trey Lance and you can get anything of value for right now, I would do it. I think it's possible, possible that Trey Lance eventually lands on his feet and becomes a starting quarterback. I also think it's possible that this kid could be destined to just be a backup quarterback because as much talent as he has, he was the ultimate developmental project coming into the NFL. Barring injuries, he is going to have four seasons, basically, uh, three seasons, basically, without really having played any professional football, yep. coming off of a college season in which he played one game. I don't know if he's a guarantee to be a starter next year either. So the only way in a two-quarterback like two league you are willing to play the long game in a single-quarterback league, if you can sell Trey Lance right now for anything of value, I am doing it at this moment. Yeah, it's really tough. I don't know what to do with him here and feel like you're talking about. Not somebody you're looking at in redraft leagues. This is a dynasty conversation only. We'll kind of keep on moving as we get more from that. We're going to dive in, though, to Fields' favorites first. Hey-o. If you want to win, like the 49ers almost did with stinking Brock Purdy under center, a championship wow. belt. Stinking Brock, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Stinking? Stinking Brock Purdy. Why is that a bad thing? He doesn't stink. I never said that he did. <laughs> I never did. said that he did. I, I said stinking Brock Purdy. Oh, I think okay. it's an adjective, right? Oh, okay. Isn't that, you know, it's a positive thing when you say the negative yeah. thing is a positive? No? Mm. Okay. All right. Never mind. Well, anyways, draft that boards are right over my head. about the 49er quarterback room. A little sensitive. You guys, you made the <laughs> NFC Championship last year. I'm a Lions fan, Stefania. I know. And then Mike's Eagles hurt him. Yeah, yeah that is true. You know what? Like, the 49ers, I think two things can be true at the same time. The 49ers whipped on Trey Lance. Yeah. But duh, right? Like I'm here stating the obvious when the guy's now the third string quarterback. They also are honestly like I would say um, brave enough to admit mistake. 
and try to move on and maybe potentially get something. It might be a seventh round pick, but there are a lot of NFL teams that are too stubborn to admit their errors and would hold on to Trey Lance for nothing more than pride. And it was a mistake. They're willing to own it, and they are hoping to recoup some sort of value and put Trey in a spot that might be better for him. I think it's also a confluence of a lot of variables that they, number one, can do that, and number one, that they're in the position to do that. Because if Trey Lance doesn't get hurt, that we we never know what his potential could have been because go back to last year and he was named the starter the Jimmy Garoppolo thing I mean Jimmy Garoppolo was the one who was the odd man out yeah. and Brock Purdy was never expected to be what he was so like all of those things and the success they had also allows them the luxury of being able to say this is what we're going to do all right check out our friends over at Trophy Smack. They got draft boards available on Trophy Smack right now. If you go to trophysmack.com, you get two-day shipping on draft boards because if you're doing your drafts, not before August 29th, right, say, so you can do it. You can order up until August 28th and still be good still for your good August go. 30th or later draft. Yes, that's perfect, right? Trophysmack.com, is that correct? That's right. Two-day shipping, 20% off discount code. Use the code FOCUSDRAFT. If you don't want a draft board because you already got one, grab one of these awesome belts. Get 10% off with the code FOCUSDRAFT. Belt at trophysmack.com. Field, in yeah. order to bring home one of those trophies, you got to draft some guys on your fantasy team that are going to deliver for you. Every year, I do a piece called Field's Favorites. Okay. And this is not a list of the best players at every position. I will not tell you that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts rule at quarterback. I will not tell you that Travis Kelsey and Justin Jefferson and and that uh, you know Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler are going to have great seasons. Instead, it's players that are also not sleepers. Like I'm not here to tell you about whether Desmond Ritter could have some sneaky value at quarterback or whether maybe Elijah Moore could make a big impact on the Browns I make a list of players that at cost I really 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 like yep some of these players might be layups to you in your eyes if you're a hardcore fantasy player I guarantee you you have already drafted each and every one of these players it's not trying to either state the obvious to the point that it's too obvious it's also not trying to reveal names that nobody else is talking about in the fantasy community. It is players that when I am doing drafts or mock drafts, I find myself targeting and coming away with more than others. That's the conceit of Fields favorites. Of Fields favorites. Yep. So right. I think three or four years into us, three or four years into it, and I find it to be an enjoyable piece every single year. I love it. I I agree with you. This was something I had a lot of fun going through, looking at the guys that I have been drafting a bunch. So let's dive right in at okay. the quarterback position field. When you go into a draft, the quarterback that you have found yourself leaving drafts with the most so far is Justin Herbert, who is currently going off the board seventh amongst quarterbacks at the time the piece was published. He was going 49th overall. So the back end of the fifth round and we have talked about how there is a new offensive coordinator in los angeles it is now kellen moore who we think will be much more aggressive with the player and justin herbert who has an absolute cannon of an arm they've got three legit wide receivers they have arguably the best pass catching back (laughs) in the entire nfl in austin eckler they play in the afc there's just too much depth in the AFC to expect you to be able to win games by grinding them out mm-hmm. week after week after week. You're going to have to score points in the AFC to be good this season. Justin Herbert also like this is not anywhere close to going out on a limb, even with some of the limitations that the old system presented where they were much less aggressive and he had one of the lowest yards per attempt last season in the entire NFL two years ago, he was quarterback too, right? It was just a down 2022 for Justin Herbert, despite having a down 2022, Justin Herbert threw for nearly 5,000 yards uh-huh. and 25 touchdowns. Yep. Basically every cool passing yardage mark that matters through the first three seasons of a player's career belongs to Justin Herbert going out on a limb for a player who is right now the highest paid player in league history <laughs> is really not that audacious. I just like it because you're getting a three and a half round discount over the highest drafted quarterback in the case being in that case being Patrick Mahomes and even like a multi round discount on other quarterbacks that I could see Herbert finishing ahead of whether that's a Joe Burrow, whether that's even a Justin Fields. Do I love those guys as well? I just think that sweet spot for uh, Trevor, excuse me, Justin Herbert is just too good to ignore. I am with you field and I don't want to just agree with you just to agree with you. But the middle rounds of these drafts is exactly where I want to find my quarterback. I, I know that we've talked about the top three guys are fantastic. We love all of them, but I think Herbert is a really great value and you're getting him at a discount because of what happened last year. Stefania, if there's a quarterback that you're leaving drafts with, is there someone that you like this year? 
Well, I actually like Lamar Jackson, and I think that this isn't a huge surprise. I mean, I, I like the way Field explained his faves because then I feel more comfortable putting a name out there <laughs> like yours. Lamar Jackson because, yeah. of course, you know, everybody's heard of him. He's pretty good in the NFL. But I think everybody talks about the top three now being um, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and yeah, that guy in Kansas yeah. City, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. right? So then you start looking around at the other ones. And it's interesting to me because Lamar Jackson, I think with all the drama of last year between the contract and then the PCL injury, I th if you think back to, la to last year, people were wondering about how hurt he was. Yeah. And I remember him specifically addressing that via social media and saying, do you think I wouldn't be out there? And he was talking about how his knee still felt unstable. And I was like, for somebody to actually use the word unstable tells you with a ligament injury, that's really what it was. He had he had issues. What you need for that injury is rest. He's had it. He's confident. He's got his contract. And guess what? He's got more weapons. And even though they have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken, and he says, Lamar says, they're going to be passing more, let, more passing, less running. He said something along those lines. Sure. You're not taking away the running from that guy. Like, he is still going to have to make decisions at times that will force him to run because he knows he can and he's confident in it. So uh, maybe he has a different balance between the passing yards and the rushing yards, but I still think he's an awesome quarterback that is going to be a better value than the top three. You could get like a 40% discount on his running in this new system and still have an elite and fantasy still, quarterback. Right. I mean, yes. That's just how dominant of a runner he's been in the past. That's the margin for error that Lamar builds into his fantasy value every single week. I considered him. There's a case for him as finishing as quarterback one this season. He did it before 2019, mm -hmm. 18, excuse me. Um, crap why do i bother trying to assign what year it was yeah that year that he won unanimous yeah, MVP. yeah, yeah that's, I that's the year that's that i couldn't challenge you because right? i like the yes. dates they there all was a know. year where lamar had 36 passing touchdowns and had a ton of rushing yards that's the year that i'm referencing yeah i may have had a bit of a, a subconscious slip about three minutes ago, Daniel, when I mentioned another quarterback that I believe is your pick. <laughs> yeah, I actually really like Trevor Lawrence. And I think they're both, all of the guys that I we're talking too. about, yeah. I'm looking at quarterbacks right now, the guys I want to leave the draft with in between the fourth round yep. and the seventh round. Those are where I think a lot of the values are. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, who you just mentioned, Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, who I would have mentioned if you had not, Field, because yep. I love that situation, and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence right now coming off the board in the seventh, late seventh round. Yeah. I love the idea that I can get a starting quarterback entering his third year, adding someone like Calvin Ridley to this offense, thinking he's going to take another step. By the way, a kid that uses his legs in the offense, you'd sure. love to see that from your quarterback. Seventh round value for Trevor Lawrence. I really love it. He's one of those guys I'm leaving drafts with because I'm trying to load up on pass catchers and running backs a little earlier on, which leads to... Fun fact. Do you guys know what Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert have in common? They're well, they both have long both hair. Blonde. Yeah. Okay. Not what I'm thinking of. Oh, um, they're both tall and very. Justin it's a question Herbert. I'm asking. Rich and You're probably gonna, it's probably gonna skew in one direction. You okay. met them the on a beach in they Monaco. They both have yeah. bionic arms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you guys are close. But here's a little fun fact: if you're an Bot injury arm. nerd, okay. they both tore the labrum in their non-throwing shoulder. Okay. They both had it surgically repaired, and they both rehabbed with one of my good friends, Drew Morcos. Oh wow! So wow. If Trevor Lawrence had a fantastic outcome, then Justin Herbert is going to have one as well. Does Drew help people that are sore from carrying babies around recover? <laughs> yes. Would you like to go to Orange County and see? Him? I might have a torn labrum. I don't know what a labrum <laughs> is. is. I pointed towards my shoulder because you mentioned it was part of the shoulder. So it's it's it is possible. And I'm basically the Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert of ESPN. Wow. It's possible. I, I would love to know what, if baby arm is a thing. Is baby arm like gotta an be. age? But you know what I mean? Gotta be. It's just like, I got so much on one side. Do you feel There's like one actually, side is... I used to, it's actually decurvains, a, a tendonitis in your thumb. You're going to get that. All the lifting and the... Oh, yeah. sorry, mm -hmm. Field. Yeah. yeah. That sucks. That How dare you little. tell him on, on like national <laughs> podcasts right I'm now? I'm not ashamed to admit proactive. it. Two years ago, I couldn't. I could barely make it to work because I had to shovel my driveway. And Stefania was like, "That's pathetic, but it's a real thing. It's called like <laughs> shoveler back." Or that something. is true. I, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. That's so good. All right, here for let's move on and talk about some wide receivers. Field wide receiver is as deep as it gets this year in the fantasy football the industry and the yeah. draft. It's like it's the position that we love. Who are you leaving drafts with? If you're out there right now, Chris Olave. Congratulations. You are the captain of Fields Favorites. I've been talking about him this entire preseason. This one is a talent plus quarterback upgrade play. 
Trivia. Who led all rookie wide receivers in fantasy points per game last year? Garrett Wilson. Uh, close. Chris Olave. I did a terrible job of leading yes. you guys right I into that I loved him last year. He was. was my breakout player last year. I he loved him coming into the league. And I, I agree with you. I think he's even better this uh, year. In the past five seasons, here are the rookies that have gone on, that have had at least 1,000 yards in their first season in the NFL. You ready for this company? I'm Chris ready. Olave, Garrett Wilson, obviously, last year, who yep. we're all, all in on, right? right. Yes. Jalen Waddle, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Moreover, over the past 15 seasons, here are the top five rookies in terms of yards per route run during the rookie season. Justin Jefferson. Okay. Jamar Chase. Good. A.J. Them. Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., He's good. And Chris Olave. Yeah. 2.49. So just think about the breakout. Like he checks every physical profile box that there is for a breakout. And then you get the quarterback play upgrade. I was just going to say. Which is Derek Carr. And not that Andy Dalton's a terrible quarterback, but the Saints just had so little stability at that spot last year, right? It was, will it be Jameis? Will it be Andy? When Jameis gets healthy, will Andy keep that job or will Andy concede that job? Back to Jameis Winston. Will Taysom Hill play 12 snaps a game under center? Maybe Please run no. the football on half of them and throw the football on the other half. This year, I expect some Taysom Hill, but I expect it to be very judicious. I expect this to be the Derek Carr show because he got a $35 million per year contract this offseason. Derek Carr may not be in the top five of quarterbacks in the NFL, but that dude is dang solid. And if you want to get the ball to a guy who is open, Derek Carr has long been one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I'm not saying that Garrett Wilson is uh, Chris Olave is definitely going to be finishing ahead of Garrett Wilson. I think they should be talked about in very similar breaths this year, which is why I've got Olave right outside my top 10 of wide receivers. Here's a question. Last year, Derek Carr's top wide receiver had how many targets? Uh, Devontae Adams had 180, I believe. Like 178. Okay. Some some crazy amount, right? Totally. Yep. And you know that Derek Carr wants to be able to use his arm to be able to air it out. He's more of a guy that wants to take shots downfield oh, than a guy yeah. like Andy Dalton. Yeah, he's an accurate thrower down the field. Chris Olave led the NFL in air yards last season, so he's a vertical it's threat feels as really well. Nice, that I mean, match. this is really, really straightforward for me. Yeah. Awesome player. And that's the theme of this is I've learned from this in the past is like I've leaned too much on situation and tried to make a player a thing. These are high pedigree players in almost every single pick. I love that. All right, Stefania, who do you have at the wide receiver position that you want to leave drafts with? I've been telling everybody this for a while. It's Calvin Ridley. Mm, Only now everybody's that. caught on and yeah. he's been moving up, moving up and up and up. I don't think I have to make a huge case for him because the case is being made just by his value and how much further ahead he's going in drafts than he was a month and a half ago when I started talking about him. Yep. I, the only concern I think that people had, I think people love the system and the fact that he's going to be paired with your quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. That's right. Um, the fact that he's in an offense in Jacksonville that clearly took steps forward last yep. year under a new head coach. And he's had two years off. And that's the thing that gave people pause. I mean, he's had two years away from the game, shall we say. And when he left football, he was injured. And, you know, they, there was there was a lot that happened in that time off. And people wonder, can you come back and be elite after that much rest? To which I say, that rest may be beneficial when you're a wide receiver who depends on your legs. Like, you're not taking all the bruising and punishment of a regular NFL season. So I think that actually works in his favor. He's been chomping at the bit. They talked about in spring how they had to hold him back mm -hmm. because he wanted to do so much and he looked so good that it was hard not to let him take every rep and go full speed all the time. But that's the kind of conditioning he came in with. They were just trying to get him acclimated to playing football again, which is really, really important. Another thing that I think works in his favor from the injury perspective, he's been doing everything since OTAs and training camp. Mm. So it's not like he just showed up. Yeah. Um, so all of that double-digit fantasy points in all but two games, the last full season that he played – I love Calvin Ridley. Okay, love everything you said about that. I'll let Stefania's analysis uh, speak for itself. Important question, though. Chomping or champing at the bit? <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah, it's, well, I think it's we, spelled it's champing, spelled but champing, pronounced but chomping. It, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to defer. I, I can't say that I actually know this one. I, I've wow. always said chomping, I but it is spelled. I feel like I just spelled, stumped the Schwab. But it's spelled C-H-A-M-P. Right. That, that, that is so true. Th this is an important thing that also needs to be discussed. I have my own answer. I don't know if you guys will have an answer off the top of your head or not, but what is the phrase that is commonly used and yet you always screw it up, either in terms of usage or in terms of being unable to say it, which is my problem? 
I do this oh, thing I, where I, I go back and forth between saying coming down the pipe and coming down the pike because I don't know which one it is. So I just sort <laughs> oh. of like go back and forth between the two. That's okay. So that's a good example yeah, of usage. I, I, I'm stumped right now. I can't okay. think of you, one. I know, very, but I, oh, I have trouble with eloquent. spelling. Right. But I, I, is, it'll be a word like occurrence is one, and I go to spell it, and I can't. I'm like, is it? Two occurrence. C's, two R's, or two, you know. But for me, it's always like, and I'll say it extremely slowly and maybe still mess it up. The apple doesn't fall far, far. See? See? It already happened. Because you're overthinking yeah. it. The apple the doesn't fall apple. far from the tree. There we go. Yeah. That's what yeah. I was trying yeah. to say, what yeah. she just said. Can you just clip that off and then like <laughs> repurpose it in my voice? This is yeah. where we need AI to come yeah. in yeah. here yeah. and we can just have you say Dude, that. Dude, I, like, I wouldn't be surprised if like 15 years from now, this podcast is just AI bots talking. That's And that yeah. might be a very, like that it's, might be about 12 okay. years too late. That's too weird for me. I got but now I really, <laughs> now, now, I, now, now I want to go to the, uh, you know how we, last year we would ask all these questions and say, where did that come from? And the uh, apple doesn't far for, fall far from yes, the yeah, told you. Look what you did to me. Gosh. It's contagious. Yeah. Guys, honestly, why, I... Why, did, why was it an apple? Why? That's a great question. Why is yeah. it an apple? Why isn't it an apricot? Why isn't it a pear? Ooh. Why? I don't know. Well, you're from like Sonoma Valley where cool things <laughs> like that grow. Like in my backyard, leaves... Um, Why like isn't it the grape like doesn't fall far from the vine? Droppings? That would okay. be my preferred. That would be a good one. That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I got us way okay. off, to, off, off, I, off. No, it's okay, Phil. <laughs> I can't speak anymore. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I got us off topic. That being said, I thought it was an important question to ask. It Daniel, was. who is your wide receiver you love? Well, I couldn't care or could care less. I don't know how to say <laughs> no that one. one I'm being honest. Nobody knows. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to pick yes. Deontay Johnson here, right. guys. Could not okay. care less, by the I, way. I could not care less. Okay. Uh, I love Deontay Johnson. We've talked about this last year. He was historically unlucky in the touchdown department. The only player in NFL history with 85 or more receptions and zero receiving touchdowns. If you look at what he has done through the first three years of his career, Deontay Johnson had 20 receiving touchdowns. Last year was a total aberration. It's not going to happen again. Sign me up for a guy that I have as a potential top 20 wide receiver right now coming off the board as wide receiver 27 in the eighth round of fantasy drafts. Love that. Mm -hmm. Love me being able to grab Deontay Johnson that late in drafts. He's a guy I'm leaving as many fantasy drafts with as I possibly can. Love it. Let's keep diving in on some wide receivers it's because a deep position, it's a man. very deep position. I'll go back to a player you guys have heard me talk about a lot. It's Jordan Addison, Vikings rookie wide receiver. Current mm -hmm. ADP is wide receiver 43 going in the 11th round. This is about situation, and it's a wonderful situation for a player to be drafted into. You're playing opposite of Justin Jefferson. Basically, you have to think of it like this. The Vikings play 10 on nine offense because Justin Jefferson is attracting virtually two defenders on every single play. Jordan Addison is one of the players that's going to benefit from that. There are 109 targets vacated from Adam Thielen. When we were talking about Jordan Addison with Mike Clay, he sort of indicated that perhaps the biggest red flag for Jordan Addison was that for a guy who's not that big, I think he weighed 189 pounds, he only ran a 4.49. I think I would be more concerned about that, like, relatively modest physical profile if he were being thrust into a number one wide receiver position. I need a guy who's going to draw a lot of favorable coverages to be able to be a great runner, who's a great route runner, which Jordan Addison, fantastic route runner, reliable catcher, mm -hmm. and he's going to be good after the catch. I think all three of those things apply to Jordan Addison for a Vikings team that last year only played close games. There was a time where like every game, but I think, I think it was like one or two of their games, maybe just one of their games was within a one score affair in the fourth quarter. They always play close games because they're so atrocious on defense. They'll be better this year. Brian Flores is a phenomenal defensive mind. Not good enough. I think for this team to be able to like, run the ground and pound offensive attack. I think Jordan Addison could easily challenge for 120, 125 targets. Love him at cost. Okay. So here's the question I have. Love okay. everything you just said about Jordan Addison. I think yeah. I'm on board with most of where you're at. I have a question about TJ Hawkinson because he's the other guy in this offense. And we've had some news recently I, I was about TJ. I just going to ask about that. Yeah. So, TJ Hawkinson has been, has been out with an ear infection for a while, right? Now he's out with some minor back stiffness. And our old colleague, Diana Rossini, not old colleague, our former colleague, Diana Rossini, <laughs> sorry, Diana, I did not mean to say that, uh, has now come out and said that he is looking for a historic contract extension Oof. at the tight end position field. Is this a spot where 
if we have contract itis with TJ Hawkinson, we could maybe see a little extra value from Jordan Addison, or are we getting ahead of ourselves with that one? I, I don't think it matters whether Hawkinson's on the field or not. For Jordan I mean, Addison. If he's off the field, it doesn't hurt Jordan Addison. I mean, it certainly probably means even more targets going his way. But my line of thinking with Jordan Addison has included Hawkinson being on the field. By the way, I expect TJ Hawkinson to be on the field for week one. I wouldn't be surprised if we need like a like a future me reminders. <laughs> Pulse, can we write this down? Um, Saturday, September 9th, 3.16 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Adam Schefter tweets, the Vikings and TJ Hawkinson have agreed to terms on a four-year extension that makes him amongst the highest-paid tight ends ever, league sources told ESPN. Where did they find that money? They've got plenty of cap space now. Do they now? Oh, yeah. Now they're 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 in a good spot now. Okay. And there's right. and that that deal, because he's on a fifth year option with a cap number close to eleven million bucks, will actually clear cap space for them. Ooh. So yeah, I think I think that deal will be done. This Not is a problem. I I love the way that they've managed to dance around like he had a, a tomorrow he's gonna have a hangnail. Right. Yes. Like his tooth was a bit sore, he might have a cavity. Like <laughs> they're gonna give you every possible explanation. Without saying contract itis. Yeah. And by the way, if I were a player looking for a record setting deal, I would not be on the field either. Like this is what TJ Hawkinson exactly. should be doing. All right. I'm going to give one wide receiver here really quickly. A secondary wide receiver for me that I love. I am loving leaving drafts with Zay Flowers. Okay. Another rookie wide receiver coming yeah. off the board in the 13th round field. There's two reasons. Okay. When I look at this offense and I'm projecting who the pass catchers are going to be. Mark Andrews is going to be the number one pass catcher in this okay. offense, right? I am not sold on anybody else around Zay Flowers. Rashad Bateman feels like the guy that's just been lost within this receiving core this year. There's so little buzz about him. He's had problems staying healthy. Hope that he obviously gets on the field, but it doesn't feel like Rashad Bateman is the guy that we thought he was a couple of years ago. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr. About to turn thir- turning 30, about to turn 31 this year. Mm-hmm. Made real money. But here is the thing about Odell Beckham Jr. I asked Kevin Pulse for this before I was looking through some of OBJ's stats. Okay. Odell Beckham Jr., through the first three years of his career, has more targets, receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns than the last six years of his year of his NFL career combined. Yeah. He was so good. He had at least 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns to start every all, all three of his first years in the, in the league. And then he just... Between injuries and the way that things worked out, he has not been that same player. I don't expect Odell Beckham Jr. to give us 17 games this year. I don't expect Rashad Bateman to be the guy that we were hoping he was going to be last year. So when I'm looking at this situation, a high pedigree rookie that has had a lot of buzz right now, coming out of training camp, he's going to be the number two in my estimation behind Mark Andrews. And he cost me a 13th round pick, basically free. I love, love leaving drafts. With Zay Flowers. I feel the same way. I'm highest amongst our ESPN rankers on him. Uh, we're going to write something for ESPN.com soon that basically says, during the month of August, what's one thing that you've changed your mind on the most? I believe with the Ravens, even in a pass-heavier offense, you have to plant your flag on just one wide receiver. Yep. I don't see a Ravens offense that supports Mark Andrews and, and a heavy run game yep. and two wide receivers. Yep. My flag will be planted on Zay Flowers and not Odell Beckham Jr. going into the season. There are lots of people that have said Zay Flowers has been the best player, regardless of position, at Ravens camp this year. And I'll finish up the wide receiver conversation with Jerry Judy, another talent play, a guy who is going as a top 20. Let me see. Let me get the exact number. Um, I take that back. I don't have his his exact ADP right now. It's low 20s, I believe, amongst wide receivers. Right now is wide receiver 20 coming off the board in the beginning of the sixth round. Okay, so not not a guy who's coming super cheap, but I'm excited about what Jerry Judy will do with a respectable offense this year after a disaster last season. Yeah. That being said, that disaster did not slow him down in the final five games of the season. 33 catches, 458 yards, and three touchdowns in those final five games. Yes, all three of those touchdowns came in one game, but I didn't know how to lay out the stat otherwise. Talent play, though, right? This has been the player we've been hoping would become a star Mm -hmm. since he became a Bronco three, three, I guess four years ago now, right? He has, he kind of checks all the boxes here. Nasty route runner, very good speed down the field. There is one thing, one thing that has me a bit nervous about Jerry Judy, and it's not, I guess there's two things. One is that Russell Wilson is, you know, a piece of burnt toast. I don't think Russell Wilson's done. I think Russell Wilson will be better this year than he was last year. 
Woohoo! That's going out of an elite. That's a low bar. <laughs> not again. Not, but, but not not elite, right? Like yeah, I think he's yeah. like you know somewhere between quarterback twelve and fifteen this year in terms of. I'm not talking about fantasy. I'm talking about just like if Dan Orlovsky ranked quarterbacks one through thirty-two, I think Russ will finish like twelve to fifteen. But it just drops. Jerry Judy had way too many drops as a rookie, and even the first preseason game there was a bad drop. Drops have been an issue. If he cleans those up, and those are often concentration more than they are ability, I think a huge year is ahead for Jerry Judy. I continue to find myself, if I draft two running backs in my first three picks, Jerry Judy is one of my favorite round five or round six targets. I love the way you're thinking, Field. I am with you on that. I don't, I've been getting this a bunch. I don't mean to agree with you all the time, Field. It's just that I've been drafting, I think, really similarly to you this year with the way that the board kind of plays out. I think we see drafts kind of the same. Um, okay, that, that makes me feel great about my picks. That I makes hope you it feel makes more me confident. confident about my picks. Will you give me uh, a little bit of information about our friends over at Geico? I will do that. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance and draft Field's favorites? I would, lo- I would love that. <laughs> of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus at an easy-to-use mobile app, Available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today. See all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All right, Field, we're going to move on to the running back portion of this show. Mm -hmm. I love. We made sure we're not taking anybody from the first round. Nobody from the first round is available in this show. It's close, though. But this one is a guy that I think we have all really liked, and that's Tony Pollard. Why are you leaving drafts with Tony Pollard this year? Like Tony Pollard a whole lot. And there was one thing, as I'm trying to reopen the email, that I need to reference here. Um, There was one thing that at the beginning of the offseason that we were most concerned about because Stefan had assured me pretty early that, like, I expect him to be himself physically by the time this season rolls around. It was a nasty injury at the time, but this wasn't, like, ligament damage to the knee where it could be 9 or 12 months. I felt good about the health. What I wasn't sure about was whether the Cowboys would sign a veteran running back that's really going to impact the complexion of this backfield. On August 24th, as we sit here and talk on this show, they have not. Probably the closest thing to a power back that they've added is Ronald Jones, who suspended for the first two games of the season. Tony Pollard's closest competition right now sounds like it's Deuce Vaughn, who's like Deuce Darren Sproles size. I love him. Love him. I love, <laughs> love Deuce Vaughn. Him. I don't uh, think Deuce Vaughn's a real threat to take away a ton of work from Tony Pollard. So let's talk about Pollard's role now. Incredibly, incredibly efficient player in prior years in a smaller role. Now that role should grow. If the efficiency dips a little bit, that's fine. But what kind of efficiency are we referencing? How about this? 9.5 yards per catch, which led all qualifying running backs last season. He had the third deepest average depth of target amongst running backs, which it's only 1.2 yards. But the point is that he played wide receiver in college. You can scheme looks in the passing game for Tony Pollard that are not just, oh, Dax under pressure. I have to throw the ball to the running back who is like five feet away from me and five yards behind the line of scrimmage. There's that kind of versatility in his game. 16% of Tony Pollard's rushes last year went for 10 or more yards. That was the second highest rate amongst all running backs. One of the most efficient players on a per touch basis last year, even if that number goes down just a little bit this year, I think the efficiency will be so far offset by the volume that I am struggling with whether I am too low on Tony Pollard as RB six in my rankings right now. Wow. Great conversation because last year, <laughs> Stefania, he finished yeah. as RB8 in a part-time scenario, and now we're ranking him as RB6. It kind of feels like we're ranking him kind of at like the floor of what he was last year. I Well, I don't know. I, I have... Um, I agree with everything about the potential for Tony Pollard. I'm still struggling with the role because just being out there at training camp and watching, which he was, it was still early, relatively early in training camp. So he looked good, like super agile. As far as the ankle, zero concerns, Okay, zero concerns on a Tony Pollard previous workload. I get, it's not much more than a feeling, but I got the feeling, Mm. the chatter you know how it is when you're around whispers um it it wasn't clear that it's not like he's going to just get all the work and i think that's why we 
when they saw Deuce Vaughn, I don't think they expected to see what they've been seeing through camp. He's been electric. He's been exciting. Um, he's given them something different. He's so tiny. I mean, Tony Pollard looks big compared to him. He's stout, but he's very elusive. Yeah. And so there are some situational things where I think, ah, oh, they might actually choose to insert him and offload Tony Pollard a little bit. I I wonder if the Cowboys aren't concerned about overloading him, not to the point of re-signing a Zeke or signing another veteran back yeah. in the way that they did before. But I, d- I just feel like there's a caution there. I think is the style of play, the electricity, the ability for him to make some of those big breakaway plays. I still think that's there. Like there's no change in the player. Mm. But he was pretty much fresh-legged. Now, I know there were a couple times where Zeke didn't play and Tony Pollard still looked pretty darn good, like yeah. just the same guy. But I just don't know if that's 17 games worth of that. So I, 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 I just ew, I want to be excited, but I don't. I'm just not as comfortable that it's going to shake out that way. Okay. Fancy yourself a board bet here? I was just going to say. <laughs> a long board bet? I will, I will do a board bet. Yes! I love wagering. Uh, the people, you know what's funny is the people like when you do board bets the best. It's, do they? Yeah. Well, I have that on good authority. People. Yeah. All right. So let's figure out the parameters here. Yeah. Got him mm-hmm. as RB6. So do we think it's like, do you feel like he's more likely to be RB10? I was just going to say. So like we'll split 10. the difference. We'll so, split the difference. Okay. We've been using these parameters so far on board bets is I think he'll finish RB8 or better points per game basis, minimum mm-hmm. eight games played. Yep. Yeah. Minimum eight games Seem played. Seem reasonable all the way yeah, around? Yeah. Halfway okay. through the season at okay. least. Okay. I'll start. I say Tony Pollard finishes a top eight running back on a points per game basis this season. Minimum eight games played. I don't know why. Wait, I went. did you say? You said top 10 before, but then you switched no, no, to top No, no, he said eight. finish at RB8 or better. Yeah. So what am I? So you, like if he's nine or worse, because okay. you think he's about RB10, we'll I think he's about RB6. Kind of split the difference, yes. Princeton. <laughs> uh, yeah, so top I eight running back. I was a liberal arts major, I'll have you oh, know. Oh, really? There was no math. I was, wow. I was I did undeclared until I left the place, and they were like, just go. Just go. Um, yeah, You're so no anyways. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, no, <laughs> trust me. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who also went to Wesley and yes. has more talent in Hence literally his, his, his pinky fingernail than I do in my than entire Than all body. of us. So yes, that's, that's, you know what? To be fair, that's fair. All right. So I, 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 I did it in a clumsy okay, fashion, but top eight was my thing. Okay. Yeah. So I bet. Bet? I say. I say. Yeah. Bet. We're, 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 hey, we're in the world of sports betting. We'll finish uh, RB9 or lower, points per game basis, minimum eight games played. Put, Put it on, on the board. board. Put it on the board. Yeah, kind of nailed that, that part to find it. I know. Nice. That was good. Yeah. Once you got to the well, end, you guys knew what you were doing. At least we got the high five. Yeah. 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 No, like, you know, we, you no. got to <laughs> stare right at the elbow. No, you if you're raising got... kids right now and you're trying to teach them how to high five, just stare right stare at that at elbow, elbow, baby. Say, all right, at least Phil didn't put his hand out and I went like Oh, You know what? That could so Josh Harris and me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's keep moving. We're running out of yeah, time we'll here. We'll, we'll rip through these. I love forward. Tony Paul. I'm just with you on this. I, I want to say, if there was one running back that I'm leaving as many drafts with as possible, yep. it is Tony Pollard. Okay. I am totally with you. He's the there guy I'm looking it. at in the okay. second round because well, I like the wide receiver you just in the first. On the bet too. Well, I'm just saying, Stefania, uh, if I had a wider, another running back that I really like, guy also I'm leaving drafts with, it's David Montgomery in the ninth round. Okay. It is so late to be able to grab a guy that I view as a potential RB2 Low-end RB2, high-end flex play in this Detroit Lions offense. He's not going to have the same kind of goal line equity that we saw from Jamal Williams last year. No one's expecting that to happen, but he will be Maybe used in more. the rest of NFL history. I, honestly, like what, what Jamal Williams did last year was yeah, unreal. Historic, yeah. But I do think that they want to run the football. They okay. love David Montgomery. He's yep. a much better pass catcher than Jamal Williams was last year. Coming off the board right now as running back 29. I think is a much better value than running back 29. By the time we get to the end of the season, I love grabbing David Montgomery in the ninth round. You were a Jamal Williams fan last year. You like the second running back in Detroit, With the way that the Lions are using the running backs and how good that offensive line is, no team scored more fantasy points via their running backs than the Detroit Lions last year. You don't have to worry about a quarterback taking away. You don't have to worry about a quarterback taking away the runs. If we had a bunch of uh, guys that could get in the end zone through the passing game, then I would feel a little bit better. But Amon Ra's not a huge you know, touchdown guy, and, mm-hmm. and we don't have anyone else. So a lot of times we rely wow. on the run game. He's in the throwing them on Ron to the best. Well, I'm, I'm going to go saying. with uh, Jameer Gibbs because I'm going to take the other Lions running back, who one who I actually think He's is going to be more productive. And listen, I think that this he has the potential to finish in, I would say, the top 
seven or eight. I, th- I could see that. I think currently going as running back uh, 15 on, on ESPN ADP. Here's the thing about uh, Jameer Gibbs that you guys already know all the pluses for him, the draft capital that they spent on him, uh, everything electric about him. He can catch passes. He can, you know, I, he's fast, blazing to be very fast. Here's the thing. I've often been wary of running backs in Detroit. Forget about the offense. Forget about the coaches. Forget about the system, the field. There are so many running back injuries in Detroit. It has been a problem. And wow. I have a list here. I just want you to think this is going in the way back machine, people. Okay. But just just and I've had running backs who played in Detroit tell me this is this is not we're not going scientific here. Yep. But they have talked about the difference that they feel when they play there versus play elsewhere. Um Javid Best had a toe injury that was not the only thing that sent him into early retirement, but he did. Mikel Ashore tore his Achilles' his rookie season. Reggie Bush had ankle injuries. Amir Abdullah, season-ending foot injury. Theo Riddick, hamstring, toe, groin, ankle, knee injuries during his five years in Detroit. Kerryon Johnson, remember him? I do. A uh, bunch of injuries. So now the latest was DeAndre Swift, who had an ankle injury that he could never get through. You know what happened prior to this season? I don't. They replaced the turf. The turf. Well, that's good, right? At Ford Field. That is good. This oh. is what's helping me make my case for oh, Jameer Gibbs. I thought Gibbs. we were in a negative spot. This makes me feel so much better now. No, but this is I was making my case for Jameer Gibbs because I've never really felt great about running backs. I feel like they always end up with lower extremity injuries early in Detroit, and it ends up being problematic. I'm telling you, I've had players talk to me about this before. Okay. And so they were expected to do it in the 2024 season. They went with a different kind of turf. They went from what's called a slit film, which, uh, you know, again, without getting too in the weeds, they're going to a monofilament. It's the most like natural grass and most like single blade of grass. Okay. It's one of the more preferred turfs that players actually like playing on. Sci- non-scientific here. I'm not getting into that yet. But my point is, if the players feel better about it and you got a player who's going to be running on that field more than he's not... I'm going to add that into the reasons why I like Jameer Gibbs. You don't need to talk me into Jameer Gibbs, Stefania. You had me at Jameer Gibbs. So I'm with you on that one. And I love all that insight. I mean, that's really good for us to be able to know. I can guarantee you very few things in life. I can guarantee there is no other podcast that is telling you about the turf in Detroit (laughs) and what it means for fantasy football. You know what? They they were able to replace it a year earlier than expected because they... All those season ticket sales. Well... Because they knew they weren't making the playoffs last year. No, it's true. It's true. That's actually fact. That's not me being harsh. No, no, no. You should be. Hey, you can't get mad. You should be thankful. They were able to do it in January. Gave them time to set the field. Wow. Wow. All right. Shots Um, fired. But they will this year. Let's move ahead. (laughs) I will do extremely boring Miles Sanders analysis right now. I just think that he's got a great role ahead of him. I think he is going to catch the football a lot more like he did. During his rookie season in Philadelphia, he had 50 catches for 503 yards that season. His offensive coordinator and his running back coach at that time, Frank Reich, Deuce Staley, both back there in Carolina. Not a lot of competition for carries. The offensive line's been concerning this uh, preseason pass protecting. I think it'll be okay run blocking here. A volume play from Miles Sanders. I get it the most boring player on my entire field's favorite list. But I tell you guys all the time, sometimes you got to know what you're looking for in drafts. And that might be one where if you've gone wide receiver heavy early, or you've taken a swing on a risky running back early, you can come back around with a more secure pick in miles Sanders. All right. Tight ends is brought to you by Geico. See all the ways that you could save by switching to Geico today field. Who has your favorite? Who is your favorite tight end? Okay, so my favorite tight end is Travis Kelsey. Yes. Uh, in this case, in this context, though, it's Darren Waller, who I think like I, I don't know, man. I, I sometimes I think that, uh, and maybe this is spending too much time on social media, where I think people are much more inclined to respond when they have something negative to say no. than when they have something positive to <laughs> say, right? But it's like. You never know, it's like uh, right. Of course, uh, people are like you know. But when you say something about Darren Waller, the only response is you know bum. Can't stay on the field, you know, like brittle house of cards, you know, he's one hit away from, you know, crumbling, you know, it's like, really? Like, I get it. These past couple of seasons, we have seen less of Darren Waller, 20 total games out of 33 possible, but the two years prior to that didn't miss any games and look at the situation he's in the giants right now. 
do not have a wide receiver in the same breath as Darren Waller. Yep. He is by far the most talented and athletic pass catcher they have. He can function like a wide receiver if they need him to in their preseason game uh, against the Panthers. This is what six nights ago, five nights ago. Darren Waller had what five targets from Daniel Jones, mm-hmm. including a couple where he was lined up as a split out wide receiver. We might see the Darren Waller that we got so accustomed to during those great years in Vegas. And I know it ended poorly. That was not as much about Darren Waller as it was the relationship between Darren Waller and Josh McDaniels. I'm buying him for a big bounce back season. And again, the cost is very, very, very favorable for Darren Waller right now. He's going to tight end five. He's going like the fifth or sixth round, depending on league size. Love that spot. For I feel Waller. like it's moving up because now we're getting all these reports out of New York is, and people are sure. people are recognizing that Darren Waller is going to potentially have the best season of his <laughs> career. I actually think his opportunity in New York is fantastic. He uh, I actually like that one so much that he's probably going to be somebody well. I, I equally I equally target, although I did pick someone different for the exercise because I also love this player. OK, and that's Mark, Mark Andrews. I mean, I, I think that people looked at last year and they were like, oh, he had a down year and maybe, you know, got banged up a little bit. Maybe they're not feeling as optimistic about Mark Andrews, but who is uh, Lamar Jackson's favorite safety valve. Mark it Andrews. is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews and yeah. you already referenced it with the volume that's going to go to him. So I would just reiterate that last year, shoulder, knee, ankle injuries, um, but he only missed a couple of games. You know, he, like, he's a guy who will play through. And by the way, if anybody's concerned about why he's missing practice right now, this is just so they preserve him from this season. When they had their first joint practices, I think he like took someone to the ground, like threw them down. And oh, they were like, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Take Save that for the regular season. <laughs> I need a term. I need the equivalent of contractitis for, oh, it's load management. Yeah. Load yeah, management-itis. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, good case. I mean, I, I have, z- like, negative argument against that. I have no argument against Mark Andrews. I love him as well. I think he bounces back in a major way this season. Do you have a pick, Daniel? I, I do have a pick. I okay. like the I, I like the term load management-itis, though. Like, I think that's one of my new favorite ones. Clippers fans that listen to this podcast so, right now are like, triggered. shut they your mouth triggered. right now. If I had to pick a tight end field, it was going to be Darren Waller. But then you picked Darren Waller. So I'm going to pick a different one. I'm going to say if I wait on tight end, if the tight end run happens, I'm not able to get one of the guys that I want in the first half of the draft. Yeah. Guy that I'm looking at that I absolutely see as the very end of my starting tight end list is Pat Fryermuth. Didn't have a ton of touchdowns last year. Again, expecting, like I said with Deontay Johnson, expecting more out of his quarterback this year in Kenny Pickett. I love him where he's going right now in the 10th round. It's a very low value for what they are very low cost in order to get Pat Fryermuth in case you weren't able to get one of those other tight ends like a Darren Waller or a Mark Andrews that you really love. But I think someone that will give you weekly a solid floor as a low end tight end one. He's a guy that I can leave my draft with and feel like I can start him mostly every single week and feel pretty good about it. The I, I have no real response to that. I agree with everything you just said there. Uh, like Pat Fryermuth. I just, I just thought about this. I don't think I've read a single thing about Allen Robinson this summer. No. Did he's still on the Steelers, right? That we can confirm that pulse. Okay. It's been confirmed by ESPN stats and information. He's on the team. Like, I wonder what kind of role he's going to have. Cause I was just thinking like Pat Frymuth should be the third heaviest pass catcher this year, right? In terms of targets. Yep. It's interesting. Okay. Unless Allen Robinson is like doing stuff that I'm not aware of. Right well, now. I think when, when Mike That's Tomlin quiet, spoke about, yeah getting Allen Robinson over the team, he talked about how they scouted him originally and how he was such a high character guy that they wanted his leadership in the locker room. So I wonder if they brought him on as much for all of those elements as it is to really discount. I wonder if they just look at his Madden rankings and they were like, we should just bring him on the team because he's pretty good. Is that a Tyreek Hill thing? Another Tyreek Hill reference. Yeah, there we go. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season, so whatever they're doing, they know what they're doing over there. How about Mike Tomlin pulling out not a losing season last year? Wow. (laughs) Pretty impressive. (laughs) All right. We're going to be back tomorrow. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Field, you had some good favorites. I liked your favorites here. Thank you. Go read the article right now. It is on ESPN.com. Every time it gets read, it puts more money in the pocket of Daniel. So consider that your favorite to Daniel. Definitely go check out Field's favorites. Yes, do that right now. On ESPN.com. We love you guys so much. We'll be back tomorrow with our buddy Mike Mike Clay. Yeah, Yeah, Mike will be back tomorrow. We're talking draft strategy tomorrow. That's Mike if the apple doesn't far far fall. I told you. That's it. We're out of here. See you guys tomorrow. I feel so vindicated right now. What was that? even say it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
She's got a smile that'll melt your heart. She's always there to lend a helping hand. Her fantasy knowledge is just the start. Her skills are highly in demand. She's our Bay Area lady out there hustling for us. Advice that we really trust. Bay Area lady, always there to help. She's not a con, she's your favorite gal. She's the fun you build. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.